Hello and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you would like to connect with me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram at builditandblossom or check out builditandblossom.com for more. Hello, my friends. Happy holidays. I am so proud of myself and my consistency because it's something I have struggled with. But I am here the Monday after Christmas recording for you guys, and I am in a different location. I'm not sitting on Big Joe, the beanbag chair, like I normally am. Hopefully the audio is okay, but I'm just proud of myself that I'm here. We're actually going to be talking a little bit about consistency later today, so I'm tying it in. Um... But yeah, I hope everyone, if you celebrate, had a great Christmas. It was just a couple days ago. Um, And this is like that weird week, that sandwich in between Christmas and New Year's. And I feel like a lot of people are out doing other things, spending time with family. They aren't on the computer thinking about any of this stuff. But you know what? I am. (laughs) I, I just, I wanted to be consistent, you know? Um, But yeah, it's been like a a crazy week, a crazy week with like holiday travel, um, you know, in the world, lots of flights getting canceled, lots of people coming down with COVID. So I know quite a few people that um, have came down with COVID in the past like week or two week like period. Um, And I think it's like that new variant, you know, I think it's the Omicron or Omicron or whatever. I don't know how you say it. I try to avoid the news as much as possible because it's all negativity. Um, Like I, I hear what I need to hear to live my life, but I don't like dwell on the news because, you know, I just, I try to be a good person. I try to do what I can um, to be good. (laughs) And then I move on. I don't listen to the news 24 seven. So I don't know if it's called Omicron or Omicron or something else, but it does seem like the variant is hitting a lot of people. I know. Um, it seems like California is getting hit pretty, pretty bad with the variant right now. New York, same thing. I know people over in New York too, and the same thing is happening to them. Um, luckily most people's symptoms that I know at least seem to be pretty, you know, mild to moderate. So yeah, that's, that's a positive thing. I'm getting boosted tomorrow, so I'm hoping I am going to be able to put this out tomorrow because I usually do the editing for this podcast on Tuesday and, like, do all the the little graphics and the uploading and all of that. I do that on Tuesday, but I am going to get boosted. I have a bad feeling um, that I'm not going to respond well to the booster because most people I know who are my age have gotten, they've been feeling pretty crappy from the booster, but... Um, I'll take that over, you know, being hospitalized from COVID, right? So, yeah, that's what's going on in my life. Um, I hope, you know, if you're listening to this, I hope that you had a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and all that jazz. I hope your plans weren't negatively affected too much by everything that's going on in the world. Yeah, it's it's uh, like the perfect ending to another year, right? <laughs> Canceled flights, everyone's getting sick. 
it's just it's just another layer on the cake of 2020 and 2021. Anyway, with that being said, I don't want to focus on that too much anymore. I want to focus on what this podcast is all about, which is helping you with website stuff and marketing and digital strategy. So let's go. So first of all, I do want to mention a little something something that I got going on that you might want to take um, partake in, okay? So like I said, you know, this is that weird week. It's sandwiched in between Christmas and New Year's. Most of us aren't really focused on our online ventures right now. Bettering your website and doing all that stuff. It's probably the furthest thing from your mind. But I do want to let you guys know about a week-long training that I'm going to be doing next month. It's all online, you know, so you can attend no matter where you're at in the world. And it's all about improving your homepage because an optimized homepage is something your website needs to have. Did you know that the average person spends less than 15 seconds on a website before they leave, likely never to return again? Did you know that these people will stick around longer if you give them a reason to? Yes, it is true, my friends, but it's also true that a lot of us solopreneurs and small business owners, we don't have any idea what content truly belongs on the homepage. We don't know how to connect with our audience and we don't know, you know, what that even looks like. I'm saying we, but I don't mean me because I know I'm going to be teaching it to you. I just want to clarify that. doesn't make me better than you. It just makes me... um, an expert, if you will. So I want to teach this to you. You probably have kind of an idea what should go on your homepage. You know, you've looked at other people's homepages. You've seen that they've had like a greeting up, a little bit of copy, an image, a bunch of buttons, that sort of thing. And you probably figured that's what you need too, right? Case closed. But like, friend, you're unique, right? Your offering and the way you deliver that offering and your unique target audience, your tone of voice, all of those things are unique. I've said that word so many times, but I really want it to sink in with you because you are unique. So what are you doing copying what someone else is doing? That's not what unique people do. Because if you're copying someone, You aren't being authentic to yourself and you're also putting something out there in the world that is really devoid of any unique strategy at all. And what you're going to end up with in the long run is you're going to feel disconnected from whatever you're putting out there. And I've got news for you. Your audience is going to pick up on that disconnect too and they aren't going to be inspired to stick around. So I want to help you with this. I want you to rethink your homepage and I'll be teaching you what purpose your homepage serves because it may be a little bit different than what you currently believe. So we're going to be like busting some homepage myths and all that jazz. And then I also want to help you craft your unique homepage strategy with exercises, brainstorming activities, and those things are going to guide your messaging. And then yes, I will be putting you in a good place to write your unique, authentic, true-to-you copy for your homepage that connects with your audience and doesn't sound like you're ripping other people off. So does that sound like a good thing to you? Sounds like a good thing to me. It is the first time that I'm offering this training. I'm really excited to get some people on board, hear what you think about it. So I would love to have you join me. It's going to be January 17th 
through January 21st. So about a week long. And you're looking at about a 30 minute, you know, half hour (laughs) commitment each day to watch the videos and then probably a little bit longer to do the exercises and the brainstorming work. All videos will be on demand, Netflix style, so you can like fit them into your schedule whenever because personally I'm all about flexibility. I also am not like a huge fan of doing live videos at this point in my life because (laughs) I live in a very loud neighborhood and the moment, I guarantee you, like if I were to start a live video, um, about three minutes in, someone's like leaf blower would start going off or like the garbage truck would come down the alley and you guys would be like, oh my God, like this is so loud. What is she doing? So we're doing everything pre-recorded and then you can just fit them into your schedule whenever you like. So if this sounds like something that would be interesting to you, register now at builditandblossom.com slash rethink your homepage. That's builditandblossom.com slash rethink your homepage. (laughs) All right. So with that little promo thing out of the way, I would say like a shameless plug, but hey, it's free. Like I'm doing you a favor. I'm not going to say sorry about it. Um, But with that being said, I thought it would be a great time right now, you know, that weird week in between Christmas and New Year's to take the opportunity to discuss eight components that your website needs to have to keep up in today's world and remain competitive. That's a lot of things. This might be a little bit of a longer episode, but you know what? I'm kind of on vacation, so I got the time. (laughs) And if you don't have the time, you can like listen to a little bit and then come back to this episode and finish it up later. So this isn't a simple checklist. That's why we're going to, you know, be spending some time here. Um, Also, I do want to mention that, of course, there are more than just eight components that make up a good website, but I'm picking these to focus on because I find that they are things that a lot of website owners miss out on. All right, so let's dive right in. Uh, These are in no particular order, but I want to start with headlines for number one, okay? So your website's copy needs to make use of headlines. So from a technical standpoint, there are six different levels of headline or heading tags in HTML. You don't really need to know this, but you know, there's H1, H2, H3, H4, H5, and you guessed it, H6 headings. And there is a scale here. So H1 is usually the most important headline on the page. You generally want to use that once and then you can use the other ones, scale them down. You know, H6 headlines are the least important. Visually, these tags are usually formatted largest to smallest too, although not always. While you can have more than one H2, H3, H4, H5, or H6 headings on a page, yeah, you heard me mention it a minute ago, the H1 heading is a special case because you should only have one H1 heading on the page. The H1 heading is usually reserved for the title of the page. So if you are writing a blog article and, you know, the title is like eight components of an awesome website in 2022, the H1 heading will match that. It's perfect because it Uh, gives people a very good idea of the content that is going to follow on the page. Also gives search engines a good idea of that content too. And then H2 and H3 tags and beyond, these can be used for subheadings within an article. So using these headline tags is vital, you know, to keep content organized for our users. It's also important for SEO or search engine optimization purposes too. 
Okay. When people are consuming information online, most of them have a tendency to skim. So there's a small percentage of people who read every written word on the page. But friends, this is a very, very, very small percentage because most people, they take in information by scanning links. They like kind of skim the bulleted checklist items. They focus on bold or highlighted text. And they also, yeah, you guessed it, They pay attention to headings. So give the people what they want. You want to break long chunks of copy up with headings. And we often hear about the attention-grabbing headline. And I know there can be pressure around creating the perfect one. But honestly, don't uh, get like too hung up and too focused on crafting like this really like flashy attention-grabbing heading. You're writing website copy here. You're not writing the next great American novel, at least not on your website. Maybe you're doing that in your free time. I don't know, but you're not putting that novel on your website. So, you know, have you ever like been to someone's website and you read a heading on like their their site on their page and you're like, wait, like what? Like what the heck is this person actually talking about? So, for example, recently, uh, I'm going to exaggerate this a little bit, but recently I saw an exit intent pop-up. So that means like a pop-up that will show up when you're getting ready to leave the website. And the headline, it was something like this. It was something like, farewell, milady. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Kindly remember your goodie bag. And then like they had like a list of resources you could grab. And now maybe, you know, maybe you think that sounds like bougie or clever or very Shakespearean and fun. Um, But like, guys, like it's too much. Like it's confusing. I'm not saying that you have to totally strip down the personality and just say resources. That's that's maybe a little bit too boring, but you can tone it down a notch. Like if you're not, (laughs) if your website has nothing to do with like, literature and Shakespeare, why are you saying farewell, my lady, partying is such sweet sorrow, referring to a goodie bag? What the heck is the goodie bag? What's in the goodie bag? I don't know. You can tone it down a notch so people actually know what you're talking about, okay? And I'm saying all of this because I want you to remember that your headlines need to provide information. They should be short. They should be snappy. They should be usable, okay? Keep the fluff to a minimum, And you can add personality without sacrificing straightforwardness. You can err on the side of being straightforward with your audience. You don't want to err on the side of being like overly cheeky, right? I could really talk about this for hours because I feel really strongly about it. I also think it's a mistake that's super easy to make when you are in like this writing copy mode. But I think you get the general idea here. The main takeaway here is to use headlines, use them often, H1 through H6. Don't be, uh, don't sweat about making them sound super cute because they don't need to be. Make sure that your headlines provide actual information, okay? And then just one more thing on this. Um, I know we're all using different website building platforms. Each website building platform is going to have a different way to add your headings in. So you might want to like look that up, Google that or ask someone that can help you, Um, you know, like the website building platforms help guide. You can find that information in there. But whatever platform you're using, make sure you know how to use headings on your pages because it makes a difference. Okay.
So let's move on now. Let's talk about the pages your website absolutely must have. Really, you are going to need more than these pages, but these ones that I'm going to talk about here are absolutely essential, and I call them the big five. The big five consists of the homepage, the about page, the contact page, the services or offerings page, and maybe you call this like the work with me page, whatever. And then there's also the privacy policy page. Seems pretty straightforward, right? Well, I have worked with people, believe it or not, who have wanted to skip some of these pages, and I gotta say, it's never a good idea because you need these. So when you type in yoursite.com, what pops up? The homepage. This page should give people a good introduction to you and what you're all about while directing them to various places to find out more information and support them with wherever they're at on their journey. Keep in mind that all the people who land on your homepage are going to be at various stages. This is really important. Some will be completely new to you and your niche, while others are closer to pulling the trigger or you know, paying money to you for whatever it is that you do. And so you need to design your homepage for multiple scenarios. I'm not gonna talk much more about this, but if that sounds interesting to you and you wanna learn more, definitely make sure you register for the aforementioned Rethink Your Homepage class that I'm gonna be doing in January. Buildantblossom.com slash rethink your homepage. There you go, register now. All right, back to our uh, scheduled programming. The about page. What is this page about? Well, you may think it's about you, and it is, but honestly, it's more about your audience and giving them the type of information that they're looking for. Because when you visit someone's website and you click into the about page, what type of information are you looking for? That's the question. What are you looking for when you go to someone's about page? Are you looking for a stuffy bio written in third person? Like one of those boring, like, Jim Smith attended the College of Maine and finished eighth in his class and had a 4.2 GPA. We didn't think it was possible. We, we didn't know that was something you could do because the maximum GPA is normally 4.0, but he got a 4.2. He's so freaking smart. Like, no, like that's boring, right? Um, also, if you're going to someone's about page, do you care that this person like organizes their sock drawer by length and color and that they play the ukulele? Like, do you really care about that? Here's a novel concept, guys. Bridge the gap between boring bio and random facts by telling a story about why you created your brand. Make it meaningful, make it be something the reader can connect and relate to, and slap that up there on the page, you know? I'm not saying you don't need to include a bio or some personal facts about you to inject some personality, but if that's like all you got, if all your about page says is, you know, I play the ukulele and my sock drawer is organized by color, like, like get out of here because no one cares, (laughs) okay? Moving on to the contact page. You need a contact page. It's how people contact you. This one is pretty simple. Even if you have your email address and your other contact information located in the footer, so that means at the bottom of your website, like on every page, you still need to have a contact page, a devoted contact page, because people are trained to look for contact pages. 
And a shameless plug here, if you're looking to really design an awesome contact page, we go over all of the important elements of this bad boy in a previous episode. Let me uh, pause here and let me figure out what episode it is for you. Okay, I believe it is episode five of Bite Size Strategy, Contact Page Mistakes and Must Haves. So definitely check that out, okay? And then moving on to the services or offering page. Remember, we're talking about our big five here. So this is another must-have page. You have something you offer people, right? You know, something you do, something you give them in exchange for their hard-earned dollars. You need to have a page about it. Plain and simple. And if you have multiple offers, so maybe you work uh, like one-on-one with clients, maybe you also have a course, and then maybe you just published a really awesome ebook. Congratulations. You need to have individual pages for all of those offers. And then you also should have a main offerings page that lists those all out, but in a nice looking way. So you can kind of think about this page like a digital train station, if you will. And then the individual offer pages are the actual trains taking your people to the destination of their choice. So these individual pages, like if you have an ebook, you need to have an individual page for it. That allows you to really get in depth about that particular offer. You're not going to be able to get like super in depth about all of your offers on the main offerings page and that's why you need those individual offerings page. Does that make sense? Like give me a shout out if it doesn't maybe I can explain it a little bit better. And then last but not least here with our big five the privacy policy. Like it's almost 2022, you guys. You need a privacy policy. I know that privacy policies aren't fun. They aren't sexy. I'm a nerd. I love technical writing, but even I get bored thinking about writing a privacy policy. It's just not fun, but drafting one up is basically an unnecessary evil of owning a website these days, so don't forget it. And a lot of the time, too, you're also going to want to have a terms and conditions page, but those are sometimes kind of wrapped up into one. The privacy policy is the big one, okay? Um, I believe in most cases it's, is it legally required? It might be legally required. Don't quote me on that, but I think it may be. So make sure that you don't forget about it, okay? So let's move on to the next thing that we're talking about today, the next must-have for your website in 2022. We're on number three now, and this is content. Content sounds kind of obvious, right? But you would be surprised how many people launch their websites with just the big five that we just talked about and then call it a day. Now, the big five are important, yes, but you need to have more content than just those pages on your website. And like, I get it, you know, like when you have a thousand other things to do, you're connecting with people on social media, maybe you're trying to build an email list, you're doing admin work behind the scenes, you're working with clients, you're trying to hold your life together. The last thing that you want to do is sit down and write a blog post or put together a video or something like that. But in order for your website to be good, in order for your website to be competitive in today's world, you need to have content on it for several purposes, 
Okay, so our audience, they go through four main stages with us. They go through the discovery round. So this is the first round when they become aware of you and what you have to offer. Then some people will drop off at that point. Maybe they don't like what you have to offer. But if they don't drop off, they're going to move into the next round interest. When they like what they see from you and they are interested in learning more, they are in this stage. Now, again, some people are going to drop off before they reach the next stage, but a lot of people are going to move on to the next round, which is consideration. Consideration happens when they're on board even more with you and they are seriously considering working with you or buying your thing. And again, you know, not everyone's going to make it to this final last stage, but the last one is conversion. So that's when they pull the trigger and become a customer or a client. Now, again, people will drop off. You know, you're never going to have 100% of the people that discover you convert into clients. People are going to drop off. But the issue that a lot of websites have today is they don't support their audience properly through the first three stages. And so most, most, the majority of their visitors fall off before they can ever even dream of reaching the conversion stage. So we want to make sure that all of these stages, all of these phases from discovery to interest to consideration to conversion are strong and that we're supporting our people that are visiting us and becoming more familiar with our brand at all of these different stages, okay? So content is a great way to do this. It's a great way to support your audience on their journey toward conversion. It can help them discover you via search engine or even off of social media. And if you provide them with the right kind of content, you can keep them on your website long enough to get them interested in your offer. And of course, sometimes you're going to have like your email list that's connecting in too. You'll have social media that plays a part. Yes, but your website should play a valuable role in this too. Content builds trust, it helps your audience, and it gives them something to do on your website. And that means that they don't have to leave, they don't have to look elsewhere to find it. And, you know, when they do that, it could, of course, lead them to a competitor's website. Now, if you have neglected creating content for your website over the past year or longer, don't be too hard on yourself. I get it. I know that it's not easy to fit all of this into our schedule sometimes, but do make it a priority from here on out. Make sure that you are spending time on this in the new year, okay? And I should be putting out an episode pretty soon about all of this, so about creating content, and we're going to get a little bit into the strategy for doing so too, but we aren't there yet, that's in the future. I just want to uh, get you interested in one of our next episodes, okay? A little teaser there. Okay, so we've talked a lot about content now. I want to move on to the fourth thing your website needs to have, and that is calls to action. And calls to action usually take the form and shape of buttons that stand out and look noticeably different than the other links on our pages. Calls to action are a great way to bring importance to a particular thing that you want your audience to do. Now, you're probably used to seeing calls to action like buy now and shop now and get this thing now. It's usually about directing people to the next logical step in their journey. But let me just say that some people, 
Not all, but some. They tend to go a little bit overboard on their calls to action. And we discussed this actually in our last episode about choice paralysis. Because contrary to what some people believe, less can sometimes actually be more when it comes to calls to action. If you have too many calls to action, they start to compete. They start to um, confuse people. People are like, which one of these calls to action is the most important? And it just overwhelms them. So what I would do is I would suggest reviewing each of your website pages for calls to action. If you have a page or two that doesn't have one, add one in. And when you're deciding what particular action you want to call to, you want to start thinking about this question. Where would I like to direct the user to at this point? What is a logical step? And again, their journey is discovery, interest, consideration, conversion. Now, a lot of people will put work with me and buy my product, call to action, buttons everywhere, but these aren't always appropriate. And, you know, this can <laughs> this can even make you look a little bit desperate if you're using these buttons too much. So don't just phone this in, plan this out. All right. Now, if you have too many calls to action on your pages, you know, you, you go back, you review them, you, you're like, man, like, I think I got a little too many buttons here. More than two or three buttons in any given section on your website, if you have more than that, you probably need to dial it back just a little bit, okay? So there are exceptions, of course, but generally more than two to three calls to action displayed in close proximity is going to confuse people. And we know that a lot of times when people have too many choices, they don't pick any of them. So review your calls to action. That's all I'm going to say about that. We're moving on. Okay. The next thing that your website needs to have is easy to find contact info. This one is short and sweet, but it is oh so important. So make sure your contact information is easy to find on your website. Studies have found that people, when they visit websites, are trained to look for certain things in certain areas because most websites put them there. So an example of this is a logo in the top left corner of the page. People expect to find that logo up there, and when they don't, like when your logo is in the center of the page, they become confused a little bit it delays them, it holds them up. And the same thing goes for when the contact information is not in the footer. So you want to make sure that you put that contact information at the bottom of the page in the footer that's going to show up on every page. Now I totally get that it may seem fun and maybe is unique to do something different. Like trust me, I get the appeal. I'm a designer. I'm always looking for fun, unique things to do, but with this, changing it up can slow our website visitors down. So picture it this way, you know, someone is on your website, they're really interested in working with you, but they have a couple of questions. So they decide to reach out to you via email. They scroll to the bottom of the page, they're looking for your contact information, and they assume that it's going to be down there because that's where it's located on most people's websites. But because you wanted to be special and you wanted to be unique, you don't have your contact information in the footer. Instead, your contact information runs vertically alongside the page. And it's kind of small and hard to read without like cranking your head. It is super aesthetic. It's on point, whatever the kids are saying these days. But 
it's confusing for the user. Now, even though this may not seem like a huge deal, you know, maybe the user does find your contact information a couple of seconds later, you know, they notice that it is running vertical on the page, they find it, they contact you, whatever. The fact is, it does indeed slow people down and impede them. With your website, you always want to give the people what they want. And what they want is contact information where they expect it, like in the footer, on every page, and also on a dedicated contact page. Okay? So again, short and sweet, but oh so important. So with that being said, let's move on to number six. Number six is consistency. Okay, so a little bit different direction here, but consistency is so, so important in everything that you do online from, you know, regularly publishing content to posting on social media. It's also important that your website shows consistency in terms of branding. So while not every page has to be identical to one another, in fact, my approach to website design is kind of like a good meal. Each bite should be similar, but slightly different from each other to make it exciting. But there are certain elements that should be consistent. So think colors and fonts and look and feel and also your brand words and your tone of voice. All of these things should be consistent and they should be in alignment. And of course, these things should extend just beyond your website too. So no matter where you show up online, you should always look and sound like you. And that applies to social media captions, in our emails, and even in the way that we greet people. And that's why it's so important to establish a strong brand voice right from the start. A lot of people skip this, I find, but it's so important because it's very weird when a brand uses like matter of fact, polite language throughout most of their website, but then you go to the blog and the copy has a ton of exclamation points and is like riddled with F-bombs. It's kind of weird. It kind of makes things feel not cohesive and it weakens your brand overall. Well, the good news on this one is that it's really not too hard to be consistent with your branding when you plan and you have the proper foundation set. Um, I am working on like an entire system for you guys. So if you haven't done much of this foundational work in the past or you haven't really got a lot from the foundational work that you have done, there is going to be something launching for you shortly, but we're in the future again. I keep going into the future. Maybe it's because, you know, we're at the end of the year and I'm really thinking ahead for 2022, but that will be coming. So stay tuned. That's really exciting. And then, yeah, like also you want to have consistency in the content that you put out because we now know that content is a major website must have in 2022. And yeah, being consistent in this area can be a hard one. I know we all have a lot going on. Publishing a couple blog posts once a year is arguably better than publishing none, but where you really will start seeing the shift is when you commit to a much more often regular posting schedule. So what I recommend doing here is timing yourself to figure out how long it takes you to create one bit of content. So for example, I know that it takes me about three hours to write a blog post and two more hours to properly format that content and then two more to create graphics to accompany it. So that's a total of seven hours and yeah, that is nearly a full day's work. That seems crazy, 
But honestly, that's pretty realistic if I am going to create content that is actually helpful and good. So then I need to take a look at my schedule and I need to think, oh my God, like where are these seven hours going to fit in? Is this something that I can reasonably do once a week? Or maybe it's once every two weeks or as some may say, a fortnight. Maybe it's only once a month. I don't know. It's going to be different for you. It's going to be different for me. It's going to be different for everyone. But once you know, you know, and you can have a realistic expectation for the content that you can produce. And just so you know, you can absolutely break those hours up too. There are no rules here. You can batch your work. So for example, if it takes me three hours to write a blog post, maybe I'll just set like one Saturday aside each month and I'll knock out three posts all in one day. Whatever works for you is totally okay, but just make sure that you pick a reasonable schedule and then commit to sticking with it for, let's say, at least six months, preferably longer, but just see where that consistency takes you. Consistency is key, you guys. I'm finally being consistent. I'm putting out podcast episodes every week. I never thought I would do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Consistency is key. Okay, let's move on now to number seven. We're kind of nearing the end of our list here, but number seven here is purpose. Kind of weird, right? But your website must show your purpose. Sounds obvious, but you would be surprised at how many people don't fully think this through, especially when they first begin. And what this does is it leads to empty, hollow-feeling websites, For most of us, the ultimate goal of our website is driving folks toward working with us or spending the big bucks on whatever it is we have to offer. So if you own a wedding venue, you may initially identify the goals of your website as getting more people acquainted with the venue, also getting them to contact me, and then also getting them to book a tour. Now that's all true and fine, but think beyond this, okay? Why do you do what you do. It's not just for money. It may be a little bit, but it can't just all be for money. Identify the purpose that you and subsequently your website will serve with your audience. So ask yourself things like, okay, question, when you first dreamt up your brand or business idea, what change did you want to bring about? What do you want your brand to be known for? What makes what you have to offer unique, new, and exciting? What sets you apart? Heck, the thing you offer may be so freaking awesome and different that you've got an entire list of unique things. That, that's awesome. Website visitors should be able to see this purpose, read this purpose, and really feel this purpose. And if you've never thought about your purpose in any depth before, I highly encourage you to do so right now. It's the perfect time going into a new year, figure out that purpose, and get more connected with your brand because that's only going to help you better connect to your audience as well. And that will help you make more money in the long run. And we all like that, okay? And with that, we land on our last item, number eight. So number eight thing for a awesome website in 2022 is audience-centric. Say it with me now, you guys. Your website is not only about you, but it's about your target audience as well. So give them what they are looking for, 
Although, of course, you know, you as a website owner, you have the ultimate say in what content you publish on your website and how it is displayed and designed. Your users are really the ones that make your little world go round. So going back to something we talked about earlier, you may think having your contact info displayed in a small font, you know, running alongside of the page vertically is the best move. And aesthetically, sure, it may look nice too. But if customers are having problems finding it because it's in a place that they don't expect it to be, well, that's a problem. I'm a website developer, but I'm also a designer too, okay? So I get the pull and the appeal to make things look fun and unique and innovative. I try to do that, but I never like sacrifice usability. And that's why I'm always pulling from web usability studies. And I always fall back on user experience, best practices, and what research says works best. Now for you, in terms of both your offers and your content, this is another area where what you're putting out there needs to be audience-centric. It's not 2003 anymore. Most of us aren't building websites to just be able to blog and talk about what we ate for breakfast, you know. We're building websites for people. We're giving people content they want so that they support us in helping them. And in order to truly give people what they are looking for, you do have to do a little foundational work to get this out. You know, you probably aren't a mind reader. So start building buyer or customer personas, ask questions, get feedback from existing customers or clients, start listening. Listening is good and sometimes this can be hard to do because sometimes it can mean that we have to realize what we have been putting out there hasn't been serving our people in the best way. It's a tough pill to swallow, but it's okay. It's better you learn that now than learn that like five years down the road. Actually, you probably aren't going to make it that far if you're serving people the wrong content, but you get the idea. So a couple of years ago, I started getting feedback from clients telling me that creating the copy and content for their website was proving to be way more difficult and time consuming than I thought it was. And what was happening was this was causing delays for web development projects that I was working on them with. I'd have like the website ready to go, but they wouldn't have the copy to fill it. Um, and they maybe they had some copy, but they just weren't satisfied or something wasn't connecting right. And, you know, this wasn't my fault, of course, but I still felt bad because I knew people were struggling. And because of this, just the overall energy surrounding the projects just wasn't great. You know, it's never great to be part of a project that keeps getting delayed or like a little chunk of it doesn't feel totally right. So what I did is I decided to seize the opportunity. I could have ignored it, but I seized the opportunity and it led me to completely overhaul what I offer. Not completely, but a little bit. I added to it. So I still do offer just the website design and development for people that don't need any more assistance, but I also have a much more in-depth, robust program that brings strategy into the mix. And we walk through the entire content and web copy creation process together. Now, this allows me to best serve my audience and it makes their life infinitely easier as well. Obviously, you're probably not a web developer or designer like me, but the moral of the story here is to listen to what your audience is telling you. If something isn't hitting 100% or you see something that time and time again your audience is struggling with, 
Get on top of it. Acknowledge it. And you can do something with that. Commit to best serving your people and do not be afraid to change things up in the spirit of improving both your offer and their experience. Okay? So with that, that is, that's a wrap. Yeah. There we have it. We made it. That's eight of the top components that I believe an awesome website must have in 2022. I hope this gave you a lot to think about. This one did run a little bit longer than usual, but I wanted to make sure that I gave you enough to go on. These aren't things that you're going to, you know, have ready to go January 1, 2022. There are things you're going to have to work on throughout the year, but I guarantee it if you focus on these eight components throughout the year, you're going to end 2022 on a much stronger note or position or whatever than you are right now, okay? So a real quick recap here. The eight components we discussed are using headlines, making sure you have the big five pages on your site. So that's the homepage, the about page, the contact page, the services and offerings page, and the privacy policy. And then you should also have content as it provides vital information to your target audience and helps support them in their journey from discovery to conversion. Your website should also have calls to action, not too many though. There is a strategy to this. There is an art form. The amount of calls to action needs to be just right. Remember to include your contact information in an easy to find location. Most people expect it in the footer, so I recommend putting it there. Don't surprise them. Always be consistent with your visual branding elements as well as your brand voice and your publishing schedule. And always make sure that your brand's purpose for existing is clearly shown, stated, and felt by your website visitors as they explore your site. Lastly, remember that it is all about them. Your website is about you, sure, but you need to make sure it's audience-centric. So listen to what your audience is telling you and adapt where necessary, whether that's changes to the design, your content, or even your overall offers. And remember, if you want to do a little something-something to make your website even better in 2022, I'm running the Rethink Your Homepage digital training January 17th to January 21st, 2022. Some of the concepts that we talked about today will be showing up again in that training too, so you already have a little bit of a head start. All of this stuff is relevant, and I'm going to be showing you the way to crafting the right homepage strategy for your brand so you aren't just shooting in the dark. And you can register for this at builditandblossom.com slash rethink your homepage. Now, You probably hear some background noise. That means it's time for me to wrap this up before it gets even louder. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bite Sized Strategy and allowing me to hit you with these brand building tips. If you're hungry for more snackable bites, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and you can also visit builditandblossom.com for more content like this. And that's a wrap, you guys. I will see you next week. We love consistency here. 